Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. Hey, hey, it's us. We're excited to hang out with y'all again today. And um, we always just like to give a shout out because so many of you are sharing the word about our podcast, and it's been so fun for us to see um, other people that you're inviting, like friends that you're telling. So thank you. Shout out to you if you're helping spread the word or rating our podcast. Hey, it helps us. Coming up. Mm-hmm. Not too far along, away from now, is Valentine's Day. Woohoo! The love day. It's a love day. Love is in the air everywhere I look around. Oh Lord! No, but it it's a uh, it's the topic of today, and I want to talk about eleven ways to build a strong marriage relationship. And I think that we've got a lot of. Uh, really incredible content to mm-hmm. give you today. A lot of this is new content mm-hmm. that is going to really encourage you uh, because that's what we want. And so really, l- let me say it like this, whether you've been married for 30 minutes or 30 years. Or uh, not yet. Or not even you're yet. You're going to be married one day. There is stuff today that I think is going to really be able to minister to you, uh, mm-hmm. encourage you, and you're going to want to apply to your life. That's true. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see, babe. Before we jump into our topic today, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you would like to share a little bit about... Wait a second. What are you going to do here? <laughs> Chris doesn't like being in this seat because I don't usually surprise him with conversation that's not been prepared. Okay. But listen, so I wanted to tell everybody a little bit about Chris and I's story. When we first began dating, actually his like real pursuit of me happened around Valentine's Day. And I'm thinking back because it's been that was in 1998 um, when we when we first went out on a date. Do you remember what happened? Like, do you remember what the Valentine's Day I'm talking about? What you did? Of course, yeah. I talked. I asked your dad for permission. No, you didn't. Sure, I did. Oh yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. Okay, so I was a senior in high school. We were dating. Hold on, we weren't dating. We went out like once, and then I told him no, I didn't want to go out with him again. And then I think we had had our second date mm-hmm. by Valentine's yep. Day. So I'm still in high school, though, and I... Um, you get home from school. I got home from school, and to my surprise and delight, Chris had come into my house with permission from my dad, and he decorated my bedroom, y'all. I'm talking like streamers that you like tape to the ceiling and like stream across the room and like tape to the other side of the room, like zigzagged all across my room. He had decorated like streamers, and then I remember like on a bench or something by my by my bed, Chris had a bouquet of yellow roses, and then he had gifts for me. He bought me. I know one thing was like a like a Christian book and like a worship CD. Like he had sitting in a bag. I think it was in a gift bag. Anyway, I was so surprised. Because we, I knew that I was starting to like you, but this was like the sweetest thing ever. And I just always think of it when Valentine's Day comes, because that was like our first Valentine's Day together. 
And you've been surprising me ever since. But that was sweet. You like to be surprised. I love surprises. Uh And Chris hates If they're them. good surprises. <laughs> yeah, I like a good one. Don't surprise me with like bad news. But <laughs> I got bad news. Oh, that's cr- No, I love, I love surprises. <laughs> like I'm okay with not knowing because I think it's so fun. But um, would you agree you're the total opposite? You would really like to know the plan and you would in fact like to be in charge of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah. So that, I don't really surprise yeah. like that because it – Anyway, it doesn't it doesn't go the same way. But that was yeah, Valentine's Day. It's Can coming you believe up. it was that many years ago? Nineteen ninety eight. It's been I'm not like do the math. What twenty four? And I got you yellow flowers because yeah. they symbolize friendship. I know. Uh-huh. I think red would have thrown me off because yeah. I wasn't ready for you to be like, "I love you." We had just been like, I on probably two got them yellow because I didn't know it probably at, at the date. Maybe I did. I don't remember, but I probably got yellow because they were cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I was working at a gro- I was working at a restaurant. <laughs> we have always looked for the most inexpensive way to do things. Wait a second. Flowers that- are flowers, but which one is the, the least expensive? <laughs> I didn't care. I loved it. To me it was like No, the I I think I remember I, I'm almost positive I remember getting yellow, not red because I knew that that meant yeah, something that That meant way more than what we were ready for yeah. at the time. But anyways, that was a fun story. Let's get into 11 ways to build a strong marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. And again, we are still learning and growing. Uh, yes, and we are. We're not perfect. We're no. just going to say that. But let me just say one more thing. If, if you don't, if you know somebody that's married or uh, or they're get, preparing to get married or they need to listen to this, please send them this podcast today. Because uh, when when marriage works right, it can be the most rewarding relationship this side of heaven. Yeah. Or if it's working wrong, it can be the most difficult thing yeah, that you can, can possibly go through this side of heaven. I, in in uh, you know, I'm, I'm in 24 years of full time ministry now. I've seen so many couples enter into marriage completely relying on their uh, their feelings for each other rather than establishing some healthy habits. And again, your habits are stronger than your desires. So you may have a great desire to have a great great marriage, but your habits are undermining those those mm-hmm, desires. Mm-hmm. Your feelings come and go. Boy, that's the truth. So if your marriage is built solely on feelings, you're in trouble. That's like building your marriage on sand. Because you're going to feel in love one day, mm-hmm. and you're not going to feel in love the next day. Yeah. And love is not a feeling. It's a choice. Amen. It's a choice that we all meet. And, and so... There's a lot of people that have, you know, they, they they haven't developed the right habits in their life, and so because of that, they're experiencing the the negative side effects of it because their relationship's been built on feelings. The f- antithesis of that mm-hmm. is that there are a lot of couples that they have some great habits, but they've allowed their their relationship to drift into autopilot. So I'm yeah. doing the habits, yeah, and we're doing these, but things, they're missing the feeling there's no because love. there's not there's, like yeah. yeah any genuineness to the reason why they're doing the things. It's just. Get it done. And people keep putting things off. Well, one day I'll deal with this. And one day when things slow down, then we'll address our, our marriage. And if you don't do it now, it, it's not going to happen. If Procrastination yeah. is, is one when. of the biggest problems that we have in our culture today. And so we put together 11 um, mm-hmm. habits and principles that are going to help you build this uh, a strong relationship. And again, this is not an exhaustive list. And this aren't these aren't the only things. They're not. 
but there's some good things, okay? Yep. Here's the first one. Be intentional, um, intentional, be intentional <laughs> about spending time together and doing things that both of you enjoy. That's a good one. So I think the key here is the intentionality because like you were just saying, like life is busy and it can be something that easily gets put on the back burner because our schedules are too full. Um, and if you're married and you have children, then that just that just multiplied it by like four times too full or whatever. Um, so the key would be being intentional um, that you're going to spend time together and then that you do something that both of you like so that you're not just always leaning towards one person in the relationship always gets to do what they want and the other person's like feeling excluded. So I would say um, the, you know, what, what works for your schedule for your life, only you can answer that. It's not like an answer for every person when it comes to consistency and when you're doing it. But I think the key is that you get on the same page with each other and find out like, what is that, what would make both of us happy? Is it once a week that we go out? Is and I think that's the intentional that part. That's where you have yeah. to like, you okay, have to put it on, talk about it, and put, put it, it on, on the, the calendar, calendar be yeah. intentional. If you don't, yeah. it will never, it will never happen. happen. And you'll never know until you do. Yeah. And I think we know what it's like. Chris and I have been on the, both sides in our marriage in the last 22 years. I was mm-hmm. like, is it 22 or 23? Where there was a season where we weren't intentional and we weren't great at, we are going to get a babysitter and we're going to go out because we just didn't see the value at the time. We were young and we didn't know what we didn't know. And now I think we've had so many years of intentionally like dating one another, intentionally uh, making time for um, our marriage that we can't imagine going back to a marriage that doesn't have that as a part of who we are, right? It's supposed to be something enjoyable. Yeah. So in other words, be intentional about making sure your marriage is enjoyable. Yeah. And for, you know what, just to throw this out there for all of you who might be like Chris and I have been, where we're like, we don't... We didn't want to go and feel like we were dropping hundreds and hundreds of dollars on what would be what what counts as a date. So just throw whatever your um whatever your budget might look like. Like it's okay to scoot that conversation to the side and be okay with saying, you know what, if this means we put our kids to bed and we like set up a picnic in our living room and we're gonna, you know, like eat something fun together and turn on, light the fireplace or turn on some music and play a game together. Like whatever that looks like, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to mean you're going into debt because you're being intentional. And this is not- Do something fun. Yeah, so It doesn't have to be expensive. Just do something fun. Be intentional. But then, yeah, but do something fun. So it may be mountain biking. It may be window shopping. It might be walking through, you know, a furniture store. I know you like that. He's saying all the things that I love. (laughs) Walking through a chocolate factory. (laughs) We can just go walk through some of the Walk through Sam's and just get the samples. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. No, we don't do that. But what we're trying to say is like, don't overcomplicate it because then you'll never want to do it. It can be simple. Just go out and have coffee and get a dessert. And that's so fun for us. So like simplify it so that you'll do it. Yeah. Here's the second thing. Forgive quickly. You want to have a strong marriage, you're going to have to forgive. Uh, And it's probably one of the most challenging parts of the marriage relationship for so many people. Um, Why do you think that is? 
I think we, we've been ingrained in our culture today that we are never to admit that we've failed. We want to be perfect. We want to be, we want to be right. I tell people all the time, would you rather be one or the one that won? Woo! Say it one more time for all the people in the back. Would you rather be one or the one that won? Such a great and if statement. And if you're the one that won, then you both lost. Won. Yeah. You both lost. So true. And so this is that moment that you, you have to humble yourself. And when you yeah. make a mistake, so if I do something that is, is wrong, which again, nine times out of 10, it's, it's going to be me that typically is going to be the one making, making a mistake or whatever. Because I'm more of a risk taker. I'm going to go step up. I'm going to go, oh. And then you're you're so, just being so nice, mm. baby. We both fail regularly. And we both need to apologize regularly because we're humans. Because like because we're human. And that's where the scripture comes alongside and says, believe the best about each other. Yes. Whatever things are right and true and justworthy and, and trustworthy and 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 admirable. Uh, think about those things. And think about that about about your spouse. I, I always, you know, I, I try to give Tatum the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. Be but, quick, but, quick to forgive. And if you don't, I'm telling you, today's anger is manageable. Yesterday's anger is disastrous. Yeah. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And if there's you know contention in your marriage right now, listen, today, before before you, you end this day, sit down together. Talk about it. Even if, let me say one more thing before you say this. And, and that is that even if you are only 10% wrong and they're 90% wrong, apologize. Yeah. Apologize. Like, take credit for your part because yeah. we both have parts to and play. And don't say, "Hey, I, I apologize for being ten percent wrong." <laughs> that is not going to go well. <laughs> my ten percent, and now you. I'm apologize. sorry for my ten percent. <laughs> that was actually so funny, Chris. Not always, but that was a great joke. I mean, a great mm. example. Yeah, don't do that way. Like, genuinely apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call the percentages. <laughs> We've never done that, by the way, but that was really funny. Oh, that's good. Okay, okay, here's the third Let's one. Let's move on. Number three is um, surround yourself with friends who are going to strengthen your marriage. This is so important. Like we, whether you believe this or not, like time will tell you this is true. You are becoming like the five or a handful of closest most friends dominant that voices, you hang out friends with the in most. your life. Yes. You are becoming so I mean that translates to your marriage is becoming like the other couples that you're surrounding yourself with. And so I think it's a good time for all of us to like step back, reflect. Like, am I surrounding myself with other couples that I would like my marriage to look like? Or am I with people that I hope to God one day my husband never speaks to me or my wife never never talks to me the way that they talk to each other because it's so harsh. If you keep putting yourself in those positions, those relationships, those friendships over and over and over, and those are your closest friends, that's what you're that's what you're gonna do. Don't be surprised by the results you get. Yes. You are becoming your top five closest friends, influences. And in the and in the flip side, like the beauty of having friends who value marriage, who who value marriage God's way who honor and respect and who love and care for each other in the same way that you do. It I don't know about you guys, but for me like it spurs me on. When I see when I have like friends that that brag about their husbands, that love their husbands, that talk um positively, that are just like he say the great things that he is to you doesn't mean they're perfect. No. Like no one's perfect. But when the focus and their heart is set on 
what they love about them, like it encourages me to love Chris more in that way and for who he is. And so I think So some of you right now you're so going to need to to really be here's that word again, intentional about getting maybe some of you might need some new friends. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. you may be 40 and and you already have your set of friends and they're tearing you down or they're causing the com- today would be the yeah. day to begin to say, you know what? I need to connect in maybe with a new group of people. Yeah. And it's important. Here's number 4. Make sex a priority. In fact, I was going to ask you to read oh, that well, one there. Huh? I knew you were. Uh-huh. You always like to pass me the ball when we're talking about sex. Oh, no. I have no problem talking about sex. Go for it, baby. No, I think that a great re- relationship is built uh, on more than just sex. Of course, yeah. But sex is an amazing, important element of a strong marriage. So let me say it like this. A sexless marriage is not only uh, psychologically unhealthy for, for both people, it actually could be contributing to a, a lot of the crisis happening in that marriage right now. Sex was designed by God. Yeah. So uh, sex is, is a gift that draws the husband back to, back to his wife. And I think vice versa. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think it's also a gift that draws women in more of an emotional way, not that it's, we're not sexual and that we don't have fun with it also physically, but I think in a percentage, a greater percentage of women emotionally, it draws them to their husbands in a way that we usually need that. And for men in a sexual, physical way that, um, that they usually need. You know what I was thinking? Um, because I feel like sex is always such a hot topic, not to be too cliche, but, um, there's a lot, and we're not diving too far into it right now, but for those of you who who may be in a sexless marriage, or maybe you're in a in a marriage where it's not sexless, but it's just it's not fulfilling. What there's trauma in your past, or there's, um, you know, something is missing right now in your sex life that's making you pull away from each other or not want to engage. Um, I wanted to mention a really great. There's a lot of great podcasts out there that are based like foundationally based on Christian values. <clears throat> And one of them that we've talked about in, well, in the past at some conferences that we've had here at Life Fellowship is called um, the Naked Marriage Podcast. And those are Christian believers that are affiliated with um, a church that we would say shares core values. So I'm just throwing it out. If you have, if you want more resources, there's a lot out there. Get your resources from Christian believers that are. So again, uh, a great marriage is not built on sex. But it's an important aspect of marriage. Absolutely. And I think that sex needs to be happening regularly. Regularly and often. And it needs to be fun. And I'll be talking more about that in a service this uh, coming Sunday. Ooh. Get ready. It's gonna be a little PG 13. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be fun. Okay, number number five. We gotta fly. Keep communication lines open. So don't ever assume uh, that you know exactly what your spouse is thinking or mm-hmm. feeling. Ask them, talk to them. Uh, one of the biggest areas that I find is where, when we counsel folks in marriages where they have uh, a breakdown in their marriage, sex, mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. and communication. Communication, yeah. And so one of the things that you and I do 
practically is that we're very intentional about this. Coming back to that word, you have to be intentional. Yeah. Great marriages are not just built yeah. accidentally. They, in other words, they don't just happen. They, they are intentionally created. Uh, and what we do is that we spend at least two to three nights a week that we just talk. We'll sit on the back patio and talk. Sometimes we'll go uh, to a restaurant mm-hmm. and we'll talk. Mm-hmm. When our kids were younger and the kids are all consuming and they're all, we make sure that we put them to bed earlier yeah. so that you so and I have could have time, time yeah. to just sit there and talk Communicate. without the distraction of phones and TV and, and all this other stuff. Yeah. Honestly, so many issues but come talk. back to a lack of communication. So we have to keep that open and we have to give each other the... Um, the freedom to be able to say things that um, may be difficult to hear or may be hard for you to say, but that's, you know, like built key in a marriage is having open communication where you can be real. Don't be fake with each be other. Be vulnerable. Don't be religious. Yeah. I, mean, I don't like religious people. I don't trust them because yeah. they're fake. Don't, they're one way yeah. in church and another way somewhere else. You can't be fake with each other. And honestly, I think that most marriages do not have that honest, open transparency. Mm-hmm. This is who I really am. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm really thinking. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of conversation that happens. And we're not saying that there should. this doesn't open the door to be like harsh or mean or rude and hurtful with your words, but don't like, don't not share how you really feel about something. If you're being tempted in a certain area. Yeah. Talk about it. Talk about it. You're, if, if you're emotional about something or nervous, talk about it. I hear so many people say, in counseling, they're like, I never knew you felt like that. I, I never knew you felt like that. I never yeah. knew that you were going through that for so long. That ought not be. We ought to be so open yeah. with each other. With our spouse, not like with your spouse. So mm-hmm. I come back to like, we can't, our best friend or our coworker can't be the first person that we go to with our emotions, with our feelings, with our problem. Like have we have to share those things with each other first. I'm not saying you don't have a friend that can also be praying with you or support you in that way, but the lines of communication between husband and wife, that builds a strong marriage. It sure does. And keep and be intentional. Fight for that communication. <laughs> and be ready to yeah. ask questions. And when they're open with you, yeah. so let me just say this, ladies, when your husband opens up to you and mm-hmm. he shares with you something that is uh, emotional in his heart, mm-hmm. if you shut him down, if you take what he told you in confidence and you tell somebody else, yeah, he'll never open up to you again. Don't do it. Yeah. Guys are when they open their emotions and they finally start opening up like that, you have to take that and protect that. Yeah. Cuz it's something really valuable. Cuz guys think- are a lot less just like girls are are uh a lot less um vulnerable when it comes to, you know, like okay, uh, uh, okay, we're gonna have sex. Okay. Well, the 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 lights have got to be off, and the shades got to be drawn, and the kids got to be in bed, and the doors got to be locked, because I don't want anything. Mm-hmm. This is something very private, very whatever. And if you open that all up, and other people could see, yeah, in all, you know, you've you would like, shut. No, you shut down. Yeah. Like, I don't. If guys like share <clears throat> sexual stuff with their friends, like you're gonna shut your wife down in the same way. Same way as Opposite. men share their hearts, their, their feelings, emotions. their emotions. Yeah. you have to be very careful, you ladies. Don't go share it with the neighbors, and and you have to be a place where you can host their heart. That when they do share this, when they do share their uh, um, their nervousness, their feelings, their anxiety, their. Mm-hmm. That you that you don't put them down because uh, I've seen strong men that have just 
become so um, uh, beat down by the by the words of the, of their wife, because when when a wife believes in her husband, mm-hmm. and it it does something to a guy where he wants to stand up and fight and to defend and go out and do everything that it takes to be able to provide, protect, and care for his family, and and so really important there. Number six, join a thriving church and get into a life group. And then this one kind of goes back to that other one, surround yourself with friends who's going to strengthen your marriage. Yeah, it, it does. It kind of does. And it, it does. gives a little more clarity to that. But get in a church, get in a church, get yourself in a church. If you are listening and you don't have a church that you're a part of, you live in North Dallas, y'all, we are in McKinney, and we would just love to have you come and check us out. Do we think we're the best church in the city? Not no. really. No. no. We know. We're not perfect, but we have a lot of amazing people, families, couples here who are genuine and real, and we're all on this journey together, like seeking the Lord. So yeah, come get, come get in the church. Find and, a church. And you know, I hear people say, well, I just, you know, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. Mm-hmm. You know that the church is, is called the bride of Christ? I know. That'd be like somebody saying to me, you know, I like you, Chris, but I don't like your wife, you know? Yeah. Man, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> Those are fighting words. Hey, no church is perfect. There's nowhere you're going to find that there's not something you don't think should be changed or tweaked to a certain degree. But when, if it has the same essential core beliefs as you, it'll make listen, a huge difference it's led in your marriage. By humans, so they're going to make mistakes. But it's a great place to find community and um, uh, other believers that you can grow in your marriage and your relationship and your family with. So, number seven, pick your battles. This is good because I think early on in marriage, there does seem to be a tendency for most people. Would you rather be one or the one that won? (laughs) (laughs) For most people like to nitpick at each other over things that don't necessarily matter. Like I used to nitpick over the way that you would uh, fold my clothes. (laughs) Chris is going to tell the world. (laughs) You just, he just... He was just vulnerable here. I'm not going to yeah. shame you for it, okay. babe, because I, I don't want to shut I you used down. To, I used to nitpick. I said, Chris. when we first got married, <laughs> I told Tatum. <laughs> he, this was so bad. I said, you are folding my clothes wrong. My mom would fold my clothes. <laughs> That's not how you're supposed to do it. Y'all, can you see what I had to handle? <laughs> I Chris would like refold. I sh- I was never like ugly about it, no, but I was weren't. really like I wanted to just dump all your clothes out <laughs> and let you fold them. <laughs> the rebel in me, uh-huh. but I was such a mm-hmm. sweet mm-hmm. submitted wife. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not perfect, but that. So see, we nitpicked. Like I literally, I one of the things I nitpicked about was like leaving the toilet seat up. Like seriously, because my I'm gonna fall in when I sit down to go potty. And you know, like as little and annoying as some of those things might be to each other, are they actually worth the fight? You are nitpicked they... about the time that I put your toothbrush in the... Uh... Chris, you're going to tell all the stories on yourself. <laughs> Do you want to tell it? No, you go ahead. You want me to tell it? All, all that happened was is that... It's not all that happened. It's pretty, it's pretty we didn't bad. Have, we didn't have money. Uh, Honey, we, didn't have money. we had money for a toothbrush. No, we didn't have much money. And we, we, had, we had a toothbrush Listen. and I accidentally dropped Tatum's. <laughs> it fell off the, 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 the sink. The and counter. It, yeah. And into the toilet. Y'all. It was in there for less than three seconds. He didn't tell me. Like, just mind you. Hold on. What? He didn't tell me. This was like the first year we were married. We for real didn't have any money, but... 
God bless us, we could have brought a new toothbrush. He didn't tell me. He so dropped it fell in the in there, toilet. And I, I just thought, you know what? If you boil it, it'll kill all the germs. <laughs> she can just keep using it. So this is a real story. What so happened? I, I he boiled boiled it. my toothbrush without me knowing it, and he puts it back in the cup holder, the little toothbrush holder. Yeah. I come to brush my teeth. The next day, and also yeah. all the bristles all go. All the bristles fell out in my mouth. Like, what? Like the little... <laughs> I forgot this happened. She comes walking into me going, what happened like, to my toothbrush? <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with all the bristles? <laughs> I said, well, I boiled it. You said, why'd I'm you like, boil it? Why'd you boil it? Why? Because it fell in the toilet. Me, and I was like, oh my gosh. So we ended up telling this story with our youth group because it was so funny. And if you're listening... Our amazing youth leaders back in the day in Des Moines, Iowa. Bought Tatum more toothbrushes than Bill she and knew. Mary. I think she still has toothbrushes they from brought, back then. <laughs> they came Wednesday night after they heard the story and gave me like 12 or 15 new toothbrushes. Yeah. We're like, don't ever boil our toothbrush again if you drop it in the toilet. <laughs> so talking Anyways, about nit, nitpicking, don't, don't, I mean, pick your battles. That's not one to... Well, that one might have been one. That one we should have fought over if I knew, but I didn't know. Okay, let's keep going. Our time's almost done. Number eight, try to be the biggest servant in the house. Babe. This is something that I think is so important. And I think we have to come back to like our marriage really reflecting like who Christ is. And the Bible, you know, talks often about him being uh, the bride groom and and the church of Jesus Christ being the bride and the way that he served and cares for us, the sacrifices that he made for us, the way that he loves us, the pursuit of our hearts that he has for us, his bride. Um, And then, of course, him setting such a beautiful example, uh, coming and saying, I didn't come uh, to be served, but here to serve is like our model to follow. So So look for ways that you can serve each other, you know, instead of just saying, well, uh, you know, I'll do this at times, you know, when, the, especially when the kids were younger, if, if there was just pandemonium and I came home and I, you know, I'm beat, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, but something didn't get done or whatever. Yeah. I'd come alongside and I would help you. Cause I, I'm beat, I'm tired, exhausted. Like it's yeah. both. Yeah. So we look for ways to serve to each like, other, you know? Yeah. Jump in and don't just call like one thing is that's in your lane. And if you don't do it, it just doesn't get done. No. Like, how can I step into your world and help offload some of the things that maybe it is your responsibility, or maybe it is something we've agreed that you're going to usually take care of. But no, we're, you know what? Like, we're here to serve each other. Let's do it together. So for Chris and I, one fun example right now that a lot of people might not know about is we moved into a house that has an acre and a half in the past, like, seven or so months ago. And we have had so much fun. I mean, I should say I've had fun. He Tatum's has the hard part fun. of mowing the yard together because I get to sit on a zero turn like riding mower and I'm just out there like pretending Yay! I'm on the race car. She got the hair <laughs> flying back and I got the weed eater. I'm sweating. Stuff is hitting me in the face. Y'all, I'm only saying that as an example because this is like really the first time in our marriage, 20 three, two years where I've ever like mowed the yard. Like I just never did. I, it's not like that it was beneath me or that I wouldn't. It was just like, he always took care of it. But when it came to this and we're like made the decision, this is where we want to live and we want to have more land. We talked about it beforehand. Like I'll help. I'll, I want to like be a part of this. So, so we don't have to pay someone to come out yeah, there and mow it. We ain't paying nobody. We got it. 
Number nine, remember that your spouse can never meet all of your needs. In fact, they were never designed for that. Yeah, this is important. So again, look to God as your source of satisfaction and uh, not not necessarily your spouse. Or Yeah, your spouse is not ultimate, your only source of satisfaction. The ultimate place of be. satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. So instead, build relationship, build friendship, build intimacy with your spouse. But understand that there are certain things that they were never designed by God yeah. to do and, and for you. Honestly, yeah. There are so many deep needs of our hearts and deep places in our spirits that were designed for the Lord, like only Jesus can be that for you. And I think where we can get hung up in marriage um, is when we have an expectation that our spouse should be making me feel this way or fulfilling me in this way. Um, And he can't, like they literally can't, because that's just what only the Lord can do that for you. So number next is um, we want to talk about keeping in mind that you don't always need um, to offer solutions for your spouse's problems. You know, so, this is a big one for guys, especially. You don't always have to have an answer for everything that she goes through. Sometimes, yeah, for you, I've mostly had, for me, for mostly for you. There's been times where I've just you, you don't want advice, you don't want any of that. You just want me to hug you. I just want, yeah, you don't listen. To understand and yeah. to listen. Like there's times I'll be holding you, like, why are you crying? You're like, I don't but I'm <laughs> I need to cry with you. No, I think, yeah, I'm and not always you don't need me looking to give for you... you to tell me the answer for mm-hmm. it. I just want no. somebody to share it with. Just, yeah, so be it's there okay. to stand with them emotionally Yeah, when they're going through stuff. You don't, sometimes not giving an answer is, is the best thing. You know, people feel this sometimes when there's a death in the family or whatever. And, you know, you th- people have asked me, what do I say to make it perfect and right? Listen, you don't have the right words to say to make that thing yeah. not hurt. Yeah. People will forget what you say, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And so it's in those times that you just mm-hmm. let them be reminded that they Your are presence is that like you what love they need. them, that I'm not going anywhere, that you're going to offer security and emotional support. And, and I'm going to stand with you. Mm-hmm. You know? Here's the last one. Remember that even in a strong marriage, it's rare that both spouses are feeling uh feeling strong at the same time. So yeah. in other so words, good. there's times that I'm strong mm. and Tatum is, you're going through something, mm-hmm. you know? I'm feeling weak sometimes and, then, and vice versa. And vice versa. There's yeah. times that I've been going through just difficulty and just all kinds of things, you know, just, it's like a, uh, I feel like a tennis player sometimes and there's like all these balls coming at me and I'm mm-hmm. trying to hit them and I can't hit, hit them all. And there's mm-hmm. then there's like this big, monster ball that comes out of the sky and I'm just like problem 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 yeah and you've done a great job of coming alongside and just offering that strength and encouragement mm-hmm. with your words and I'm standing with you Chris and I love you and we're going to get through this together and yeah. and vice versa and so just be there to help bring strength and support for each other yeah in the high times and in the low times yep that's and that's really point. what our relationship has been there's been some great high times and great low times it's true, and we haven't always been strong at the same time through each one of them. But I think you count it as, you count it as like an honor in the season that you can be strong for, that I can be strong for you, and in the same way that you can be strong for me in seasons when I feel like, you know, I I feel like quitting in certain areas, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like it's just too hard to keep going in a in this whatever scenario, and 
yeah, finding knowing like there's a balance in that and it's okay as long as you don't, <laughs> as long as you both aren't feeling that you're falling apart at the same time, there's times it's okay to be strong for one another. You should be. So today was 11 incredible habits and principles that I would encourage you, maybe take one or two or three of these that really stood out to you and apply them to your marriage. And if you got an opportunity to share this with a friend, yeah, do it. And I know that it's going to bless them in an incredible way. So hey, everybody, we hope you had a great day. We love you. We'll see you back Have here next great. week. Yep. Bye-bye.